This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org. Bismillah ar-Rahman ar-Rahim. And alhamdulillahi na'hmaduhu wa nasta'inuhu wa nasta'gfiru wa na'udhu billahi min shururi anfusina wa min sayyi'ati a'malina. Min yahdihillahu falamudillalahu min yudlil falahadiyalah. وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن محمد عبده ورسوله صلوات الله وسلامه عليه تسليم كثيرا أما بعض فإن خير الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدى هدى رسول الله صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الأمور محدثاتها وكل محدثة بدعة we come to a hadith number 21 today, inshallah, in the book about the da'wah and the du'at. So that means we are past the halfway point of this beneficial book that we ask Allah Azawajal to put it in the muazin of Sheikh Ali al-Halabi and also to put it in our muazin of trying to understand and practice that which we learn, that which we teach and we preach. Today's hadith is connected to the hadith last week. It is a continuation. And if you remember, the hadith of last week was some information Prophet Muhammad gave everybody, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, so that you always work with this principle in your life. And that is that every single action that you do, it has its time of being excited about it and being active and engaging in it with a lot of energy. And then after some time, there's going to come a time when you're going to be complacent and lethargic and lazy and you're not going to have that much nashat. So when you get lazy, continue to stay on the sunnah and inshallah you'll be guided. But when you become lazy and you throw in the towel, you stop practicing, you stop doing what you're supposed to be doing, then you'll be destroyed. That was last week's hadith. We explained it. This is a continuation from that. And it's the hadith of Abu Musa al-Ash'ari. That's ma'roof, mashhoor. Won't be your first time hearing this hadith, but it's connected. He mentions sallallahu alayhi wa sallam in this authentic hadith, Mathul jalis as-salih wal jalis as-su' kahamil al-misk wa nafikh al-kir. Amma hamil al-misk fa imma an yuhdiyaka wa imma an tabta'a minhu wa imma an tajid minhu rihan tayyiba. Amma nafikh al-kir فَإِمَّا أَنْ يَحْرِقْ ثِيَابَكَ وَإِمَّا أَنْ تَجِدْ مِنْهُ رِيحًا مُنْتِنًا أَوْ خَبِيثًا The example he said is similar to the method of a person or a group of people who you sit with who are good people and they're religious people and they're practicing people. They're not evil, they're not wicked. They're the people of Iman, Muslims. The example of sitting with good people and sitting with evil people, wicked people, innovators, 
criminals, fasiqin, mujrimin. The difference between sitting with the two groups is like similar to the one who chooses to sit with people or person who sells oils, perfumes. And the bad one is like the person who sits with the iron smith, who works with the iron and the bellows. He said, as for the one who sells oil, that good majlis with him, like now, inshallah, this is that majlis, inshallah, you don't know what's in people's hearts, but this wallahi is one of those majlis, it's from those majalis. He said, as for the person you sit with who sells oil, then one of three things will happen, or maybe all three will happen. First of all, what may happen is he'll give you a gift and say, here, you can have some of the oil here. And he gives you a gift. So you go away with benefit. Secondly, you buy it from him. Shouldn't always expect your friend to give you free stuff like some people are like that. You go to your friend's restaurant and he always has to give you free stuff. Don't go if it's like that all the time. You have to pay sometimes, but if he wants to pay, no problem. So he'll give you the oil for free. The third thing is, maybe you won't buy anything from him. Maybe he won't give you any gift. But just because you're sitting there, you're going to get up and walk away, and you're going to have the dust of that smell, like this majlis right now. The malaika are here right now. Allah Azza wa is remembering the people here with those who are with him. The rahmah of Allah comes down right now in this majlis right here. Some people have problems. Serious problems. They didn't think about them until I just mentioned it. When you come to this message, you forget about that stuff because this is the place of the good smell. And he said the example of the bad group of people is like the one who is a blacksmith. If you sit with him, he's going to burn your soul. You're going to burn your soul because the sparks are going everywhere. Or if you don't burn your, your throat, when you get up and you leave, you're going to smell like smoke. Like a person who his wife is cooking and he sits in the kitchen, he's going to leave that place smelling like oil. When he comes to the masjid, it's not a nice smell. He shouldn't come to the masjid like that with those clothes on. The Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, إِنَّ الْمَلَائِكَ تَتَأَذَّى مِمَّا يَتَأَذَّى مِهُ بَنُوا آدَمُ the angels, they dislike and they are annoyed and they are bothered by the same thing Bani Adam is bothered by. If you don't like offensive smells and odors, the malaika don't like that as well. The malaika don't like the smell of um, onions, bustle, bathon, garlic, cigarettes, things like that. Offensive odors, they don't like it. A dead rat, a dead mouse, dead cat. The malaika don't like that stuff. They wouldn't come into the Prophet's house, sallallahu alayhi wasallam. In a hadith that said the dog died in his house. They wouldn't come into the house. So as it relates to this issue, this hadith is a continuation, as we said, from the one that went before. How? Because the previous hadith was talking about the actions that you do when you're excited. And when you're doing those actions like a da'wah Allah. The book is about... A dawah and the people are giving dawah. That's what this book is about. A hadith that should remind us about the importance of giving dawah and also the dawah that you're calling and the person who's giving that dawah. Both of those. So, last hadith is saying, 
When you become tired and lethargic, you need other people around you to help you. It's not a person here, except that he has issues. He's depressed, he has worries, he needs money, he has problems, he needs dua, and so forth and so on. It's the positive medjidis and being with the good people that are going to help you. As for being with the criminals and being with the people who don't pray and be with people who don't have Islam and they don't have guidance, it's going to be problems. So that's the meaning of this hadith. The name of this chapter is the Muslim needs good companionship so that when he gets tired, he has a wife who's going to advise him, a husband who's going to advise her, children who are going to advise them. When the father leaves to go for on a trip, the mother's there. In the absence of the father, she's going to advise them because they're lethargic. The dad is not there. So the mother has to step up to the plate and say, come on, come on, come on, guys, everybody up. Let's do it. Let's do it. That's the connection between the two hadith. That you need in giving da'wah Allah. Listen, 9-11 happened 20 years ago. People have been giving da'wah for 20 years. Al-Islam is the fastest growing religion in the dunya, in spite of 9-11. It's really a war on Islam in many instances. Great scholar of Islam, Imam al-Bayhaqi from the Shafi'i Madhab. We don't agree with everything he said in Aqidah, but no doubt he was an Imam of the Sunnah and an Imam of the Hadith. He has a book called Dala'il al-Nabuwa. Dala'il al-Nabuwa. He put in that book, the hadith that prove Rasulullah was a Nabi because he told people too many things that had he not been a Nabi, he would never been able to say it. And from them is the hadith, He says, this religion of Islam, when they were weak, they didn't have any power. He said, this religion of Islam, to Abu Bakr and and they were weak. He said, Islam is going to reach all, the whole world. Islam is going to reach the whole world. And as wherever there's a nighttime and a daytime, Islam is going to reach. And there won't be a single house made out of mortar, mud, made out of anything, except Allah is going to put Islam in that house. He's going to put Islam in that house. So 20 years, the war on terror, war on Islam, and still Al-Islam is the fastest growing religion because the deen of Allah is the deen of Allah. And in this deen, as it relates to this hadith, we've all been commanded to do your best to be with that guy who sells oils. Be at the shop of the guy who sells oils. Don't be with the blacksmith. Don't be with the drug dealer. Don't be hanging out in the street. Don't get caught over there at the club. No. I saw a video that's going viral, I guess, in Philadelphia. You know, black lives matter. Black lives matter to a lot of people, but they don't matter to a lot of African Americans themselves. The bloods and the crips, black lives don't matter to them. It doesn't matter to them. These young African-Americans who are killing each other in the street, our children are getting shot inadvertently, four, five, seven-year-old kids getting killed. The boy is 23, 24, 25, getting shot in his head. This is our environment. Those people who get gunned down like that in the street, 
A lot of times it's because of the lifestyle that they're living. Stabbed in London, in the neck. And the people just showing the guy losing his life. His life. Muslim. Stabbed in the neck. Over what? Bag of weed. That's it. No, we have to be with those people who are the pure. Allah Ta'ala mentioned that many ayat of the Qur'an. He subhanahu wa ta'ala told us in the Qur'an for an example concerning this. Ya ayyuhal ladheena aminu taqullah wa kulu kunu ma'as-sadiqeen. Oh, you believe. Fear Allah and be with those who are truthful. Be with those who are truthful. That's the perfume man. Don't be with the people who are the kithabun. Their religion is kithab, like the religion of the rafida of Iran. Their religion is kithab, for an example, Tokyo. Or just regular people. Don't be with them. That's an ayah. Be with the people who are upright. The perfume sellers. Allah Azza mentioned in the Quran, لا يتخذ المؤمنون الكافرين أولياء من دون المؤمنين ومن يفعل ذلك فليس من الله في شيء the believers do not take the disbelievers as friends and protectors over the believers. He doesn't take the non-Muslims as awliya. She's a new Muslim. Father, brother, uncle, kafar. They can't be her wali. Allah didn't give away for the kafar over the believers. Allah Ta'ala said, anyone who does that, anyone who takes non-Muslims as his protector and as his friend, he won't have anything to do with Allah at all. Allah won't have anything to do with him. Unless he did that as a strategy to save himself. And to Allah is the final abode, the Masir. That's an ayat saying, be with the believers. Al-Walawa Baraz with the believers. How in the world? Some of you are from Africa and Nigeria. The Muslim girl from Yoruba land gets married to a man who's a Christian. Not permissible. That is the blacksmith. That's the blacksmith. Your children are going to grow up with the blacksmith. Kufr. Allah Azza mentioned in the ayah of the Quran in Surah An-Nur. Az-Zani. لا ينكه إلا زانية أو مشركة وزانية لا ينكهها إلا زان أو مشرك وحرم ذلك على المؤمنين. The man who commits zina and he's known to be the guy who's going around committing zina. He can't marry. He doesn't marry anyone except a woman similar to him or mushrik, a polytheist. So the man who does that, he's not going to marry, it doesn't mean that he can marry a polytheist, but because of what he's doing, those are the people who do that. The lady like him, who's in Islam, or the polytheist. And then the ayah went on to say, the female zania, the female one, no one marries her except a man who's a zania or a mushrik man. Not that he can marry her, but that's what happens. They're, they're together, they're with each other. The ayah said, وَحُرِّمَ ذَلِكَ عَلَى mu'minin." And this is haram on the believers. You have to be with the pure people. The Muslim man is with the pure Muslim girl. The Muslim girl is with the pure Muslim man. This is from the mini ayat that say, be with the people who are clean. The ayat said, the Quran, al-khabithat lil-khabithin. 
والخبيثون للخبيثات والطيبات للطيبين والطيبون للطيبات the pure the the the, the women who are no good khabitha they are khabith vile dirty therefore the men who are vile and dirty and the men who are vile and dirty are for the women who are vile and dirty and the women who are tayyibat they are pure they are upright they are for the men who are pure and upright and those men who are pure and upright are for the women who are pure and upright that's what allah ta'ala mentioned in the quran be with those people who are upright that's what this hadith is talking about so there are many ayat on this the new muslim is learning the surah wal asr inna al-insana lafi khusr illa alladhina amanu wa amilu as-salihat wa tawasaw bil haqqi wa tawasaw bis sabr all of people mankind in the state of loss all of them except those who believe and do righteous deeds and they mutually together they're together they're revising each other with the perfume they're revising each other with the truth and they're revising each other be patient with what's going on i don't know your problem i don't know your problem but be patient with every difficulty there's ease allah will not put something on you that you can't handle and every time he sends something on anybody what's been decreed on you with this difficult it's not going to stay forever that's what Allah said so you get that when you're around the people who are like the blacksmith listen to the hadith of the prophet sallallahu alayhi wasallam he said la tusahib illa mu'mina wa la ya'kul ta'amaka illa taqiyun don't be a companion to anybody except a believer let your man be a mu'min your best friend you can have acquaintances from the school from the neighborhood from the shahr from the uh small heath leisure center you play basketball volleyball swim with people and you know them you can have them as your friends you know friends but bosom buddy friend rasulullah said don't let your sahib be anybody but a mu'min and don't let anybody eat your food except someone who has taqwa if the sahib your friend is a believer look what's going to happen his job is he sells oils so you're going to smell good if he sells oils he doesn't sell oils he's a regular believer in his religion he knows at-tahur shatrul iman cleanliness is half of faith he always has perfume he gives you perfume he gives you perfume as a gift to use it his lifestyle because he's a mu'min when he gives you advice is sincere he supports you and don't let anybody eat your food except a person with taqwa the person with a deen comes to your house his visitation in your house is khair when you sneeze he says alhamdulillah to you yarhamakallah he makes dua for you makes dua for your children he has adab when he comes in he knows where to sit if the door opens up he's not trying to look at anything he's not going to steal anything from you if he sees something he's going to give nice advice if he sees something he's not going to go out throw you under the bus let that person not be a mu'min let him not be a mu'min he'll come in looking for stuff to share with his wife and to share with other people 
You give him food, he has taqwa. You give him food, he eats that food with joy. And then after, whatever you gave him, make dua for you and your family. The dua of the sunnah. What's the dua of the sunnah? Allahumma ikhfir lahum warhamhum. Allah have mercy upon them and have rahma upon them. And forgive them after eating a chicken leg. He brought him a chicken leg with french fries. And he made dua for that man. And he broke his fast. And all of that. The khair. So that's a hadith telling you and telling us. Be with the people of Al-Islam. Many a hadith. Rasulullah mentioned sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Al-mar'u ala deen khalilihi. Falyanzur ahadukum liman yukhalil. Each and every one of you will be on the religion of your friend. So pay attention to who you take as your friend. The poet a long time ago in the Arabic language, he said a famous line of poetry. The Arabs memorize it when they're little. عن المرء لا تسأل وصل عن قرينه فكل قرين بالمقارن يقتدي Don't ask about the pe- person. You want to know somebody? Don't ask about him. But ask about the people he hangs out with. Ask about his friends. Come to get married? Just ask who is he hanging out with? But verily, people are known by those who they hang out with. Even in our culture, every culture. Birds of a feather flock together. Have anybody amongst you ever saw birds flying for the winter to go where it's hotter? I don't know if they fly south in the UK. I don't know. In America, they fly south. Where do they fly? Which direction in the UK? Huh? They fly to America? Well, I don't know. But in America, the birds fly south. To go and spend the winter, the winter in the warm climates. You're never going to see a hawk flying with ducks, ducks flying with eagles, eagles flying with pigeons. Birds of a feather flock together. So if a person is on the sunnah, it's going to be impossible for him to hang out with people or people of innovation. Impossible. Because there's going to be clashes, especially if he's practicing his religion. Because he has to keep saying, with niceness, don't do that, don't do that, you should do this, you should do that. And people can't tolerate that. But that's an example, again, of the deen of Allah telling people, be with those people who are like the man who was selling the oils. Be with those people. And there are many, many hadith like that from the Prophet wasallam. He said that the light, the fire of the non-Muslim and the fire of the Muslim, they do not coexist because one of the two fires are going to overpower the other one. So if you're living in the country where they're in great multitude, then you're going to be affected. You're going to be affected. Your kids are going to be affected. Put our kids on the side. You're going to be affected. 20 years, the man has been given dawah. 30 years, he's been given dawah. I know in this 20, 30 year period, Many people stop practicing the religion. I know people studying in Medina stop practicing religion, apostated, became Christians after studying Medina. I know people like that. Are they a lot? I don't know a lot, but I know quite a few, men and women. And as it relates to our children, for hadith, la haraj, a lot of kids not practicing the deen. So in our religion, we've been commanded. Be with those people who are doing the right thing. Inshallah, if you are with them, you'll do the right thing. Which brings us to the other half of 
explaining this hadith. This hadith is a prime example of how the Prophet used to teach Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam with the method, with examples, similar tools, in order for the people to understand what the lesson was. Everybody, whether you can read or write, you can appreciate the example that he's given. So now, now, those people that Allah has blessed with guidance, like the one who is selling the oil, he has knowledge, the person is helpful, the person is wise, he's a good friend, she's a good mother, you get nothing but khayr from that person, no harm, all good. Allah, through these people, they have the ability to be guided. The one who's wicked, the one who is evil, he's guided because of the goodness of the people. He's a brand spanking new Muslim. He came and accepted Islam. Now he's here with the Muslims trying to learn his religion. And he's getting supported and built up as he goes on. Now if he breaks away from the Jama'ah and he keeps trying to hang out with the people he used to hang out with, he won't get any better. He has to lift weights with people who are stronger than him. Not lift weights by yourself. You will never grow like that. You have to lift weights with someone who's stronger than you. So look what happened to the man who killed 99 people and then he killed 100. He said, I want to make Toba. He said, well, you can make Toba, but if you want to make Toba, you have to leave the place where you killed those 100 people and go to the place over there where those people are religious and they're practicing Islam. Go and practice Islam with them. It's an example. That's an example of the one who is selling misk, perfume. Whatever it is that you're doing, and you keep doing it, and you're doing it with people, you have to change those people, you have to change that environment, you have to change that situation. Also similar to it, and there are quite a few issues, is what happened with some of the Salaf from the past. Someone who's not quite known, but those of you who are writing, you should write it, go back, look him up. His name is Yusuf, Yusuf ibn Asbata. He was from the Atba' al-Tabi'een. He said that, my father was a Qadri. His father didn't believe in the Qadr. His father used to say, Allah doesn't know what's going to happen until it happens, which is Kufr. Allah knows everything that's going to happen. Allah khalaqa maqadir al-khala'iq khamsina alf sana qablan khalaqa samawati wal ard. Allah created and wrote down everything 50,000 years before he created the heavens and the earth. 50,000 years. You sitting like that, Allah wrote that. You sitting like that, Allah wrote that. You weighing how much you weigh and how much money you have, Allah wrote that. What, how many words you said today, Allah wrote all of that. His father didn't believe in any of that. Our religion is, you believe in Allah, the malaika, the books, the messengers, Yom Al-Qiyamah, you believe in the Qadr, the khayr of the Qadr and the evil. That everything is written. What's That's the day, the night of power. Everything is written down. Nothing escapes Allah. So this man Yusuf ibn Asbat, he said, My father was on that. And my uncles to my mother, my akhwal, my uncles to my mother, they were rawafid. They used to curse the companions. So his murabbi, his father, doesn't believe in the Qadr, which is aqid of kufr. And his uncles cursed the companions. And he's the young boy. 
He said, But Allah saved me when He guided me to Sufyan al-Thawri. Sufyan al-Thawri, Ikhwani, is one of the ten scholars of hadith who was known as Amirul Mu'mineen fil-Hadith. And Imam Sufyan al-Thawri, for the ones who don't know, his madhab was bigger and stronger and better than the four madhahib that are here right now. So when people come and say, you must have a madhab, you don't have to have a madhab. The strongest madhabs are not even present anymore. How did that happen? That's a story for another day. And this is not about he's better than this one, better than that one. I'm just telling you a historical fact. Why I have to have a madhab? One of the four. Al-Imam Al-Uzai's madhab was just as good as those four. Al-Imam Sufyan Al-Thawri's madhab just as good. Muhammad Ibn Jarir Al-Tabari, just as good. It's just as good. But the point here is, when Allah Azawajal wanted khayr for Yusuf ibn Asbat, he sent him a scholar to help him in his situation. He sent him a scholar, another one from the ulama of the Salaf. His name is Ayyub al-Sakhtiyani. You should go back, you should look it up after you write this down. Ayyub al-Sakhtiyani. His kumi is Abu Bakr. He said, from the greatest ni'mah that Allah can bestow upon a young person or upon a non-Arab is that Allah guides the young person to an imam of the sunnah and he guides the non-Arab to the imam and imam of the sunnah. I know too many people were reverts. They got plugged into people of Sufiya. He doesn't learn. He doesn't grow. And this is nothing to attack on them, but there's no knowledge in that stuff. He's a brand spanking new Muslim, and he's in one of these cultural messages. He can't learn his religion. The religion doesn't make sense, but he's sincere, and he wants to stick around and hang around, but he doesn't learn. But if Allah guided him to a person who helped that young man who was easily, he's easily, um, you know, affected. The young person easily, he's affected. He's listening to the first person that he hears. He doesn't have the ability to weigh. This is right, this is not right. Listen, you young people, you haven't been on the Dawah scene for 20 years. This war on terror third 20 years ago, we used to have to deal with young people from our community who wanted to go to Syria. And we would say, what are you doing? Go to Syria for what? And those who were teaching them would we'll say, you work for the FBI, you work for the MI5, you work for the CIA. We say, no. But we're not afraid to tell this young man, you're throwing your life away. And when you get locked up, these people teaching you won't even be there for you. They won't be there for you at all. And what they're calling to is crazy. This is not Islam. So he's a young brother, young brother, young sister. And before you know it, they're over in Syria. And all they needed was someone who just was balanced. Who just said to the person, hey, hey, what are you talking about? You want to make jihad? You want to establish a khilafah? You want to help the Syrians? Help the Syrians without throwing your life away. And there were some young people who were blessed by Allah where, alhamdulillah, they were not in the environment exposed to people like that. So the point here is, this imam, this imam in al-Islam, 
He said that if Allah Ta'ala wants khayr for a young person, because the young person is easy influence, and the non-Arab, the ajami, like me and you, is because he doesn't have the Arabic language. He can't go straight to the Qur'an to learn. He cannot go directly to the Qur'an and have accesses, access to what the scholars of Islam said. This fitna that the Salafi people are going through, these brothers and sisters on that ghulu stuff don't know a fraction of the other side of the criticisms of the sheikhs, other scholars criticizing the scholars, the history of what happened. They don't know. And they're, being, they're not told those things. No, it's just having exposure, ya akhi. Lastly, as it relates to this issue, Al-Imam Abdullah ibn Shodhib, one of the great people from the Tabi'een, he also mentioned from Allah's ni'mah upon a young person is that Allah allows a young person to find another young person who together they can learn their religion. Together, both of them are encouraging each other with what is correct, trying to do the right thing. So as it relates to all of this, ikhwani, this hadith, number 21 of the book, connected to the one before it, and it could be connected to the one prior to that one, about the camels of people being like 100 camels. But we're going to leave that one back there. But the last one and this one, they are intertwined, and they have to be together. So the encouragement from the hadith is for a person to stay steadfast in surrounding himself with people and with situations where he's going to constantly elevate. He's going to constantly continue to grow in his religion. If he's given dawah, he has to be with people around him who when he gets tired, when he becomes faint-hearted, Allah Ta'ala mentioned in the Quran that one of the messengers would try so much that the messenger said, when is the help of Allah going to come? When is the help of Allah going to come? Because the trial was so serious. Allah said in the Quran, Allah inna nasrullahi qareeb. The help of Allah is going to come. Don't worry, it's going to come. So he gets assistance from those people who have the deen, and he gets assistance also from the malaika as well. The malaika also serve as that example of the one who is selling oil. Many ayat of the Quran. Allah Ta'ala mentioned in the Quran, إِنَّ الَّذِينَ قَالُوا رَبُّنَ اللَّهِ ثُمَّ اسْتَقَامُوا تَتَنَزَّلُوا عَلَيْهِمُ الْمَلَائِكَةُ أَلَّا تَخَافُوا وَلَا تَهْزَنُوا وَأَبْشِرُوا بِالْجَنَّةِ الَّتِي كُنْتُمْ تُوْعَدُونَ نَحْنُ أَوْلِيَاءَكُمْ فِي الْحَيَاةِ الدُّنْيَا وَفِي الْآخِرَةِ لَكُمْ فِيهَا مَا تَشْتَهِي أَنفُسُكُمْ وَلَكُمْ فِيهَا مَا تَدَّعُونَ those people from the believers who say with their tongues that we believe in Allah and then they're upright. They just don't say it like the murji'ah. They say it and then they make efforts and struggles. Allah Ta'ala said that the malaika come down to them. And the malaika give them glad tidings. And the malaika say to them, have glad tidings about the jannah that you're going to enter. Have glad tidings about that. We are your protectors in the dunya and we're your protectors in the hereafter. When you go to Jannah, you'll have in Jannah everything that your heart desires. Everything your heart desires. So right here, as we mentioned, you come to the masjid, you're going to find the malaika. You go out for knowledge, 
the Prophet says, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, anyone who goes out for knowledge, like what you're doing today, Allah will make the path for him to Jannah easy. Another hadith said that the Malaika will carry that person to where he has to go, either physically or preserve the way. He told us, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, anyone who teaches the people good, the Malaika in the sky, make dua for him. The ants in the ground make dua for him. Those in the heavens and the earth make dua for him. So it's just not about the one who you just think he sells the oils. No. The malaika, people who have other jobs, the important thing is to be around those people who are going to help you in your deen. Last thing I want to mention is, this is critical, this is really important. Some people misunderstand this hadith when it's not studied properly and they think that being a blacksmith is not permissible. A blacksmith is in this hadith. The haddad. He's a haddad. Allah's prophet called them nafiq al-kir. The one who blows in the bellows. Another name in Arabic, the haddad. He makes horseshoes, whatever. Makes things out of silver, whatever. So the people say, you see this hadith. This goes to show you shouldn't be a blacksmith. No, that's not true. Being a blacksmith is a good job, inshallah, because you'll be servicing the community. And it is a job that, in the Muslim world anyway, especially, people are in need of that job. Is that the job that I think you should be? No, I think you should try to get an education and get a degree. But if you get a, if you get a job as a blacksmith and you're working, you get a job working in the garbage, picking up the bins in the morning, no problem. Taking care of yourself. It's better than that one. It's better than that one who is not working and he's asking people to give him money. The Prophet told a man, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, for you. The man came and said, can I have money? He said, for you to go up to the mountain. He didn't say go to the forest over here. Go up the mountain because you have to go to work. For you to go and climb the mountain and to cut trees down. Tie it up with that rope that you have and bring it back and sell it. It's better for you than to ask people, give me money. They may give it to you and they may not give it to you. He decides, I'm not giving it to you. And then tells people, look at that bum. He's always begging that bum. He would never say that if you had your own job and you never asked him. Now, if you have to ask him, you have to ask him. But the point here is, the point here is being self-sufficient. Zakaria Kana Najara. The Nabi of Islam, Zakaria, he was a chippy, a carpenter, worked with his own hands, with his own hands. So if a person is a blacksmith, we don't want you to think that this hadith is making it haram to be a blacksmith or to be in one of those trades like that. This is something that's manly and this is something that is supported by the deen of Allah. So the example of the good assembly and the good majlis and the example of the bad assembly and the bad majlis is like the example of the person who sells perfume and the person who is a blacksmith. As for the one who sells perfume, if you go, you are with him, spending time with him, he's going to give you some perfume, you're going to buy it from him, or you get up and you leave and you smell good because you were in his presence. They used to say about Al-Imam Ahmed when they came to the class of Al-Imam Ahmed, 500 people would write from the students and he sat in the front. 4,500 people were just listening. 
and they used to learn from him his samt and his adab and how he was. They listened to him and they used to see how he dealt with the people, rahmatullahi alayhi. So just being there, there's going to be benefit. Being in the masjid, there's going to be benefit. And the other side also holds true. Okay, Khwani, we're going to stop here. Inshallah, 45 minutes. Your brothers have any questions concerning today's darash? You can put your question forward, inshallah. That calendar comes shape. Hada wa sallallahu wa sallam wa baraka ala nabiyyina wa ala alihi wa ashabi ajma'in. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. This recording was produced by Green Lane Masjid. For more information on the activities and services the mosque provides, please visit www.greenlanemasjid.org.